0: We're keepers of the peace, not soldiers.
1: I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. I killed them all every single one of them the women and the children too. The shroud of the dark side has fallen begun the clone war has And welcome to episode two of scuffy looking uh, nuffy looking scurf herders gotta get that right where we are going through the Star Wars cinematic universe in chronological order. And today is episode two, Attack of the Clones. I'm Matt, and with me, as always, is Doug. How are you doing, Doug?
0: It's all Matt's fault. He's holding me back. Someday I will be the most powerful Star Wars podcaster.
1: But (laughs) hey, are we recording? (laughs) Yes, we are.
0: Oh, hey, it's me, Doug. How's it going?
1: Uh, It's going good. It is, you know, it was... We hadn't even talked about it. It, I I don't know if, if you had forgotten, but I looked at it. It's like, hey, this is... This is the last week in February. We got uh yeah. we got another thing on our plate we really need to take care of here.
0: Well, you know, February is the shortest month. It does go a little bit quicker.
1: So, um, you know, as as I was putting together the open, I just thought about, well, the last thing I have in there is literally the last line of the movie. <laughs> so, okay, spoilers, but I had to throw in the uh the sonic or the seismic charge. Sound effect, just because, you know, we talked about it when we talked about The Mandalorian, about how, oh, do it, do it, do it, come on, do it, yes. and yeah, how basically, awesome that ba- was.
0: Yeah, basically only one of two good things that happens in this movie.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's how this is going to go.
0: <laughs> all right. So let's get started. You, you obviously are. saw this in the theater.
1: Yes. Yeah. I, I saw um, all of all of the Star Wars movies after the original three, I saw in the theater on opening night, and that finally ended with Solo was the first one that I did not see in the theater on opening night.
0: Okay, I've never seen them on opening night. I've always gone opening day, and I saw this, and then a friend of mine who I lived with bootlegged it off the the internet, and we had a disc of it. It wasn't the best of quality, but... I want to say that this was the only Star Wars movie that I did not see multiple times in the theater because we had that disc at home.
1: Yeah, I saw, I saw this. I I saw all of them in the theater twice. The actually the only one that I did not see twice in the theater was Rise of Skywalker. And I actually had the opportunity. I had, uh, I could go for free to it and, and I opted not to. (laughs) Uh huh. So let's go Uh, ahead and jump into the movie and, you know, does does that 20th Century Fox with the fanfare and the Lucasfilm logo, does it still give you the feels?
0: Oh, of course it does. I don't care if it's Attack of the Clones or Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I get the feels.
1: So you know, we have we have the crawl, blah 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 blah, unrest systems want to leave the
0: Republic, Count Dooku, blah blah blah.
1: Yes. there was something that, and I remember this distinctly when I actually saw this in the theater. What is you know, this is at at this point, this is the fifth Star Wars film to be released. Something is different here. What is the difference?
0: Uh, I don't know.
1: It always starts with the crawl disappears, static starfield, pan down. Okay. In this one, it pans up. Okay. And this it bothered me. It bothered me at the time. It still bothers me, and I don't know why. It just stands out as different because there's no real reason why.
0: But it wasn't like Ryan Johnson trying to troll the audience. This was George Lucas. This was all, this was a decision that George Lucas made.
1: Right. Yeah. But okay. it, 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 pans up and we see what is obviously a Naboo.
0: Starfighter. An Star-
1: Starfighter. And then also like a silver ship, not the same silver ship we saw in episode one, but a similar one. And there's a voice of the queen or actually, I'm sorry, at this point, the Senator, and Lucas cheats here because it is actually Natalie Portman's voice, even though it is not Natalie Portman's character. Oh, I, did,
0: I didn't catch that.
1: And once again, there's cool ship design. And one of the things that I will, I pointed out in the Phantom Menace podcast, and I'll point out in the three prequel podcasts is design, whether it be architecture or world building or ships. Lucas does this shit well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can say the plot sucked, whatever, but you cannot take away from just the character designs.
0: Correct, I agree with you. But, but yeah, they're, so they, they're they're obviously rolling into Coruscant, and it's kind of cool how all three ships spin to adjust to the plane of the planet.
1: Right, and also you normally is, don't see that, and the way that the cloud effects are done too, because we've seen uh, Coruscant in Episode One. Very, very briefly, but we see that it's overcast. In this is something we've never seen before. We've never every planet we've ever seen, whether it be Tatooine or or Bespin or Hoth, they all have basically one environmental type. We never see any differing weather patterns, and this Correct. is the first time we've actually seen a planet that has real weather, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the big silver ship lands, and then the, the replacement head security guard gets out of one of the Naboo starfighters and he says, I guess there wasn't a danger, but he speaks too quick because boom, boom, the the ship blows up. And this was actually changed um, because originally this Django was supposed to be introduced in this part of, of the film. Okay. And they were going to show him hit a detonator, which was going to cause the ship to blow up. Okay, but it was too close to like a real-world terrorist thing that it happened wow. close to this time frame, so they did change this.
0: Okay, but yeah, they're back. So her her trusted aide, her double, Corday, yes, is killed. Is she the same gal that was from the first one?
1: Uh, she she might have been one of them, but I I okay. don't think so because the one is like that other famous one where they look similar, and this was not her. I don't remember okay. which actress it was, but she yeah, Corday dies, and her security guard, uh, One-Eyed Willie. Is kind of bossy. He's mm-hmm. like, she did her job.
0: Now it's time to do yours. Right. And they came back for a vote. And I didn't know that the vote that they had come back for, this is the first time that I've noticed this because of, you know, I'm sitting down and doing a hard watch. The Military Creation Act. Right. I, I didn't know that. that was, this was the first time that I ever caught that.
1: Yeah. And one of the, the big knocks on the prequels is that they're supposed to be kids movies but it's all about politics. Mm-hmm. And if you actually look into the the way the politics are structured, how it is from film to film, from scene to scene, the mechanizations or the mach- mach- the M word stuff that Palpatine is doing is brilliant. He is yes. playing chess and everybody else is playing checkers. He is moving all the pieces. With every now and then he has he has a hiccup, but he's doing everything exactly how he wants to for the most part.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly,
1: but the Jedi are, are meeting with Palpatine, and yes, Mace basically the, the, says, the "Hey, Je-
0: pff, hold off on the vote."
1: Yeah, we're we're keepers of the peace. You know, we we can't fight a war for you,
0: right? And Palpatine he wants to negotiate. He does not want the Republic to be split up, which is basically what's happening. Thousands of systems are siding with the Republic, and thousands of systems are siding with the Trade Federation,
1: right. And yeah, the Jedi are, are totally snowed by what Palpatine is saying. And the way that they do not ever show Sidious out of, out of being like hooded, he's always kind of in shadow and the way that Palpatine is always out in, in the open and he's always wearing like colorful blue robes. It is, it's kind of brilliant the way that they have the two care, the character is split into two parts where they're very distinct
0: hmm Well, he's the Phantom Menace. Yes, exactly.
1: But um, I'm going to call her Padme instead of Amidala. I'm going to call her Padme for the rest of this, for the rest of this series. She thinks that uh, Dooku is behind this, but not everybody agrees with her.
0: No, Mace Windu says that he's a former Jedi, and it's not in his character to perform an assassination attempt.
1: Yeah, the, the Jedi are not the best judges of character.
0: <laughs> no, they are certainly not. And that comes up several times that they, they've they've— brought on themselves this air of arrogance and all-knowing and they are super confident and that is the death knell for them.
1: Yeah, hubris. In the future. Before the pride comes, or before the fall comes the pride, or something like that. I'm saying it wrong. Yes. But what's the name of the guy with the big head?
0: Kiede Mundi? Or me... Mundi, I he's, think. He's... Yeah, Kiede M- Mundi. I don't like him. I've never liked him.
1: But he says that Dooku is a political idealist. And mm. Yoda... There's, there's, and this is the first time they've ever had a completely CG Yoda, because they thought about doing it for the Phantom Menace, but they couldn't get it to work. And right. th- this is a completely CGI character, and the fact that it is Yoda gives looks throughout this movie, especially where you can you can see, and you can see this in a CG character, which is amazing. There's something going on, and his wheels are spinning, and he's trying to figure out. Exactly, and he's the only one that seems to possibly have a clue that there is something larger behind all of this. Right. So they de- they decide that they're going to have Obi Wan assigned to protect Padme
0: because Palpatine knows that with Obi Wan comes Annie. Annika. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: And in my notes, the, the Chancellor Palpatine is a master planner. It's. Everything is, is, it's a sequential set of, of steps and he's setting everything up. So when he tips the first domino, they fall exactly how they want to. Mm-hmm. So now we get our first shot of Obi-Wan and Anakin in this movie. And I just found this out actually today. This scene was actually shot a month before the release of the film. Oh, really? And because in my notes, it says Obi-Wan's haircut is awful. It is a wig, actually.
0: Okay. Yeah, so there's something, some meme going around that some kid put a picture of Obi Wan Kenobi from this movie on like next to his mother's bed and said, "I got you this picture of Jesus."
1: Yeah, I, I've seen that before. Yeah, yeah. But he's
0: they, on, Anakin is on edge, and Obi Wan's like, "Calm down." He's like, "I haven't seen her in ten years."
1: And you know, Anakin is is a dick through most of this film. But on the other side of that, Obi-Wan is kind of a douche to him as well. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes.
1: And if you look at the relationship between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, it was much more of a respect thing. And I just don't see that with Obi-Wan, with how he treats Anakin in this film.
0: He treats him like a younger brother.
1: But they get brought in and and Jar Jar sees them um, and... Amy, you've grown (laughs) And Anakin is pissed that Padme 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 wasn't happier to see him or she barely even recognizes him.
0: Right. She says and she refers to him as the little boy on Tatooine.
1: Right. And now we get our first introduction to Django, Django Fett, and he has for some reason outsourced the hit on Padme. Why wouldn't he just do this himself?
0: That's a good question because even the things that are used are from his arsenal.
1: Yeah, so that's something that didn't quite make sense to me. And there's a couple things that maybe you can connect the dots and maybe there just aren't dots to connect, um, but that just don't make sense to me. This is one of them, other than introducing another character so they can have that scene, so they can have that chase. But Anakin and Obi-Wan are in Padme's apartment at night and they're talking and Obi-Wan notices that anakin is basically using padme as bait
0: but it was padme's idea right yeah and uh, did you notice that the walls in this apartment are really thin like they use some bad chinese drywall
1: no i did not
0: because they're showing the interior of padme's room where she's sleeping and you can clearly hear the conversation okay, that's yeah. going on the sound, on the yeah. other side of the wall yes
1: okay but um Anakin is, is, is very cocksure about he'll be able to sense that something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And Anakin ch- challenges Obi-Wan for the second time in this short period of time that this movie's been going on again. Right. And then Zam Wessel, that is the, the bounty hunter or the assassin that Django outsourced the hit to, is sends in these robots that have poisonous caterpillars.
0: Yeah, they're bugs. It's it, it's a pro. It's some sort of probe that opens up the window and cuts a hole in it, and then has these two types of. They're not mechanical. Those are organic creatures, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah. They're okay. they're creatures.
0: Right. But while this is going on, Obi Wan is questioning Anakin. He says, "You looked tired," and Anakin tells him that he's been dreaming about his mother again.
1: Right, and then Anakin says that he'd much rather dream about Padme, and. Obi-Wan warns him about thinking with his dick. Yes. And also says that he shouldn't trust her. And why shouldn't he trust her?
0: Because she's a politician.
1: Right. And this is where we hear Anakin actually defend uh, Palpatine as, well, Senator Palpatine or Chancellor Palpatine seems trustworthy.
0: Yeah, he's a politician. He seems trustworthy. But then they both at the same time sense that there is trouble on the other side of the wall. Even though R2 is in there and he's doing a scan, he's not able to detect these two large bugs.
1: He's a shitty watchdog.
0: He is a little bit. Because, yeah, as soon as he kind of does a little scan, he shuts down.
1: And, and the caterpillars, or whatever the hell they are, are smart because R2 realizes, well, there's something here, and he, he kind of pivots around. And this caterpillars actually hide. Yes. And this is when they both sense something and they rush in, and Anakin cuts both of the caterpillars in half.
0: And Obi-Wan jumps out the window and jumps on this probe as it takes off.
1: Right. Right. And, and Obi-Wan is hanging on to this robot, and he's basically being dragged through um, downtown Coruscant traffic. Yes. And Anakin goes and, and steals a car.
0: hmm
1: And this is where we get in all of the Star Wars movies. This is, includes all 11. This is the only time there's electric guitar in the soundtrack. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. But
0: there is some really, really cool drums also. It's, it, it would be where the music kind of stops and then... Doo-doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo-doo. It, was, it was super cool.
1: And it, it's so dense. The, the traffic is so thick. There's so much going on.
0: Anakin, he grabs the hot rod. Obi-Wan is on the probe. Uh, Zam shoots the probe and Obi-Wan is kind of free-falling and Anakin's hot rod kind of goes down at an angle and decelerates just to the point where Obi-Wan can kind of land softly on here. And now the, the chase continues. Zam shoots like a power coupling which sends across all of this like purple electricity. Kind of the same thing that happened with the Podracer. With Jar Jar. Yeah. Yes, with Jar. And Obi-Wan's like, don't go through the power coupling. And they do. And whizzle, whizzle, they both kind of get zapped. Um, but they lost Zam. Because Zam went through like a, a tunnel of some sort, a traffic tunnel. Like a bypass. And, and Anakin thought he was going to be able to take a shortcut. And, and um, they
1: lose him. And so Anakin just flat out stops. And so then he just jumps over the, yes. the side of the car.
0: <laughs> Correct. And lands on Zam's speeder. And the whole time he's kind of in the front. Zam is trying to shoot at him. And he loses his lightsaber.
1: And this is where we see for just a brief second that sh- she's a she's a two-face. She yes. is a changeling because she has, like, gills or something on the side of her face. Right. And I did have a question for you. When, when Zam shot the, the, the probe that Obi-Wan was, like holding on to why didn't she just shoot obi-wan ah
0: uh, yeah that's I I did not write that in my notes but that was the exact same thing that I was thinking maybe she was trying to shoot obi-wan and she's just not a very good shot
1: and still you know that that range is pretty good
0: right but, but her her speeder crashes uh and it was a really really bad effect with the fire mm-hmm. and the speeder crashing I've noticed that quite a bit about this movie is there's just it's I don't know if it's the T V that I was watching it on, but the CGI just seemed
1: off. Some of the effects are not good and I'll point out some of that, but you you miss the fact that after Anakin lost his lightsaber, Obi-Wan just kinda as he's driving, just reaches up his hand and grabs it.
0: Yes. Yeah, but they they crash into the seedy underbelly of Coruscant.
1: Yeah. And I, I love the the aesthetic of, of this area and how it, it seems like a it seems like a real location, you know, from the, the neon lighting and the, the the cheesy advertising and all of the right. different things. It, it seems it, it, it's once again that that world building that I've talked about it, it is it's, it's done really well.
0: Well, we saw this in um, what was the book that came out that fell between Empire and Jedi where Leia gets her uh um both bounty hunter clothing and dash rendar is introduced. Do you know what book I'm talking about? It was a really not Shadows of the Empire. It is Shadows of the Empire. Okay. And it's they go to Coruscant and they kind of immerse themselves into the seedy underbelly.
1: Oh wow. I, I did not know that. Yes. And the thing is I probably did read that. But Zam rushes into a club and Obi-Wan Catches up to Anakin. And He's like,
0: we're just, we're, we're just going for a drink.
1: But <laughs> Obi-Wan says, you're going to be the death of me. Yes. And Anakin says something here, which is, you know, you, you're the closest thing I have to a father. And he actually mentions this a couple times in the course of this film. Mm-hmm. And they are now walking through this bar and we are treated to the the first and only thong that appears in any of the Star Wars movies. Yes. Which, you know, I, I was happy about that. But they are basically in the equivalent of a, a BW3. Mm-hmm. And yes. did, did you see all the cameos that happen here? I did not. So Anthony Daniels. Played, oh, I
0: did see that. Yes, I saw Anthony Daniels.
1: And uh, the guy who plays Jar Jar, um, whose name escapes me at this moment, also okay. has a cameo here. Okay. And...
0: I think his name is Sergei Bitokakov. <laughs>
1: okay. But... Obi Wan is going to get a drink, and he sits down or stands next to a guy at the bar who is offering to sell him death sticks.
0: Yes. Do you know what death sticks are?
1: Cigarettes.
0: Well, but they they will they like will literally kill you. But the high is so great.
1: Yeah, and from in the trivia section for this film, it said that death sticks were, were based on cigarettes in that they take a calculated amount of time literally off of your life much how they said you know cigarettes did if you remember back to high school yes but he he jedi mind tricks him to quit being a drug dealer right <laughs> and then much like in the original star wars film obi-wan literally disarms zam wessel just like he did uh boba fortuna is that right no that's bib fortuna boba so- Whatever the, um, walrus man. Walrus
0: man is, yeah, whatever his name is with the orange leather jacket. Yes. Yeah.
1: But they, they, they drag
0: Zam outside missing an arm and she says it's just a job. Um, and this is the first time that we see Anakin's anger come out.
1: Tell us. Tell us yes. now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's an angry young man, but then she is hit with a dart, a poison dart from Django Fett.
1: And Obi-Wan just takes the dart out of her neck. I'm thinking, you know, maybe that thing might be something you don't want to touch. It may, like, explode also? No, I'm just thinking you know, it has poison on it, obviously. Correct. Right. And uh, it, it's decided that Anakin is going to protect Padme, and they're going to go back to Naboo. And they are not supposed to travel as the senator. They're supposed to travel as, as refugees. Mm-hmm.
0: Which I don't understand why. Why, why couldn't they just take, like, a Jedi star, starship there?
1: Especially since, she, you know, she doesn't exactly dress like a pauper. He does. He's no. got, like, mustard stains on his tunic and stuff.
0: Right, right. But, yeah, it's, the council says that Obi-Wan needs to find the bounty hunter, and Anakin needs to protect Amidala. Um, and the next scene is Anakin is talking to Palpatine, and Palpatine is sowing the seeds. Yeah, and he, he, he's he's
1: stroking his ego and also kind of saying, hey, the reason that you're not given more responsibility or more power is because they're, they're jealous of your abilities. He does this well, and he does this over the course of both this and the next film.
0: He also states that someday I suspect you'll be more powerful than Master Yoda. Right. Yes.
1: And then Obi-Wan, Mace, and... Yoda are, they're doing a a walk and talk, except Yoda is not, because he's in a hover around. (laughs) Right. And Obi-Wan doubts that Anakin is ready for a solo mission.
0: Right. But it's, it's, um, Yoda says something to the effect of, we shouldn't be arrogant. Uh, This is the path of many Jedi. So Yoda, Yoda knows what's going on, going down.
1: And Um, Mace reminds Obi-Wan about the prophecy. If Anakin is the one who will bring balance to the Force, you know, we got to trust him. Mm -hmm. And this seems like such a minor thing, but it's actually very important. Padme leaves Jar Jar in charge. Right, Right. she
0: gives him the responsibility of making decisions.
1: And he is actually already a senator. Right. And I haven't seen a less qualified leader since the mayor (laughs) of Chicago. (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> <Exactly>. Beetlejuice <laughs> so, but Padme is, is treating Anakin like the hired help mm-hmm. she's really kind of bitchy towards him
0: yeah a little bit
1: that and, comes that comes up a little bit later as well but he he's venting to her and he's venting to her while he's doing like little force tricks right and he's cocky I mean he, he's both cocky and frustrated at the same time you can see his frustration. His anger, and the way he talks to and and treats Padme, he's a goddamn psycho. Yeah, he's like, it's not
0: fair. Obi Wan is is keep holding me back. Yeah,
1: she says that he makes her uncomfortable. Which, if he makes her uncomfortable at this point, there's no way she should not be uncomfortable with him after he kills a bunch of kids, right? right? But <laughs> yeah, her handmaiden is crying. And Obi-Wan is basically laying down the law to Anakin, hey, stay in your lane, don't break the rules, only do what you're told, don't do anything else. He, mm-hmm. he's, he's a helicopter mom Jedi, basically. Correct. And here's a scene that I understand why they did it, but it doesn't really work. Obi-Wan goes to visit an old buddy. Who does he go to visit? Uh,
0: Dex at his diner. And this is what I I don't like about the prequel trilogies, is when they try and take something from our world and make it similar in the Star Wars world, like this 1950s diner.
1: And just you you know stuff. what the waitress's name was, right? Was it Flo? Yes, it was. <laughs> she has a name tag that says Flo in Arabush on it.
0: That's so stupid.
1: But, uh, so, actually, Dexter Jester has... Four arms, and he actually mm-hmm. reminded me of somebody we went to high school with. Who's that? I'll, I'll give you a hint. Um, he's no longer with us, and I still <laughs> get his birthday messages on Facebook.
0: <laughs> because does he take the one arm to pull up his pants yes. so his
1: butt crack isn't showing? Yes, as he's yeah. giving uh, Obi-Wan a hug. Yeah, and I, I kind of saw that as well. But Dex is apparently a guy in the know. And he the reason that Obi-Wan went to go visit him is he brought him the dart. Mm-hmm. And this is a thing that doesn't make sense to me is from here on out, everything we learn about Camino and the Com- Caminoins? Yes. The, the dart thing doesn't make any sense to me.
0: No, not really.
1: But he says the dart comes from Camino. Cloners. Yeah, they're cloners, good ones.
0: And it's it, the Camino is beyond the outer rim. Right. So even farther past where Tatooine
1: is. And so. Obi Wan goes, and he is in the Jedi Archives, and he's looking for the location of Kamino.
0: Yes, and there's an old bag who's like the librarian,
1: Madame Jacosta. Um,
0: yes, and again, she is arrogant. She's like, "Well, if it's if it's not in the archives, that it's not in the charts. It doesn't exist."
1: Yeah, yeah. This is this is another thing that Lucas does really well. Is all of the Jedi across. Across the board, they are all cocky. There's no way the Sith could have returned and we wouldn't have seen it. If a planet... If something doesn't exist in our archives, it means it doesn't exist. All these things, it's like they are so sure of themselves because they have been basically unchecked for so long. Correct. But Padme and Anakin are talking on the ship and they're talking about love specifically. And Anakin says that attachments and possessions are forbidden, but love based on his kind of twisted definition of it, is... It's a, tr-
0: it's a true tenet of, of the Jedi way, Right. Yeah.
1: And then Obi-Wan goes to visit Yoda, who's training the younglings. So this is the the last time I think we see the younglings until they get slaughtered <laughs> in, in the next movie. <laughs> right. But Yoda asks the kids why the planet isn't in the archives.
0: Because on the charts, it shows that all of the stars, the gravity is being drawn to this empty space and the kid's logic is well it's because it's it's been erased from the archives
1: Duh. And, yeah and that's one of the things where in in my my day-to-day life my my work that i do i work for a company and the stuff i work on is way way outside my my area of expertise i work with engineers almost consistent these are like mechanical engineers and different types of engineers who understand like how to create power and shit like that mm-hmm. stuff that is way outside of my thing. I do not have what I call the burden of knowledge. When, when I go in and I'm, we're discussing projects, I can see things that sometimes they can't because they're experts. So they are always looking at it from a certain point of view. And that's kind of the same thing where the kids can see stuff because they don't have the burden of knowing as much as everybody else does. Correct. And it, it's concerning that the planet has been erased, and you know, Yoda has a solution. What is Yoda going to do t- about the fact that the planet has been erased?
0: Well, he, I, I'm not sure what he's going to do, but he does say that only a Jedi could do this.
1: He says that he's going to meditate on it.
0: Oh, that's right. Yes, he's going to meditate. He's going to do a little yoga. Yeah. Do you think it's hot yoga? Do you think Yoda does hot yoga? I I don't know. Yoda yoga?
1: He vacillates between being basically crippled and being, you know, spry as a spring chicken. Right. But now we're back on Naboo, and the um, transport that they took as refugees is landing, and the Millennium Falcon is actually on the landing platform. Several of them, I believe. Is it several of them? Okay. I
0: think so. I think so. Um, I, I could not check, pick it out on my TV, Mm -hmm. but I just knew that that's because I had seen it on the big screen. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, what is it? YT
1: 1300, I think, or 3000.
0: I think it's 3000, but as Anakin and and Padme are, are walking, you know, we discover that, you know, Naboo's queen only gets two terms and she was happy to relinquish that, even though the people of Nebu wanted her to continue being queen. Uh, but that's
1: um, uh, the thing about the politics. that doesn't make sense to me. The queen is elected, but the senators right. are selected by the queen. Right. Doesn't that kind of seem a little backwards? backwards?
0: It's a little backwards.
1: But uh, Padme is talking to the queen about what's going on. And some of the people from the last film are still around, including Sio Bibble. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and he asked he asks Anakin for advice. What 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 do you think? Well, we should ask what the Jedi should you know would do. And Padme completely BFs him. Oh yeah.
1: Well he, he Sil refers to him as Master Jedi. And right. yeah, Padme totally shuts that down. Right. And she is kind of being a bitch to him. Yes. And, but of course then he acts like a child about it. Yes, he does. And now we see uh, Obi-Wan and he is flying in his Jedi Starship, and they have these things that are called hyperspace rings. I love the design of this;
0: it's very cool.
1: And Obi Wan is is at Kamino, and I love the whole Kamino environment. Yes. It, it is these. It's almost like a uh, cloud city, except instead of being in the clouds, it's on the ocean. It's these raised platforms over this raging ocean, and there's a constant downpour. It's, it, but, it's just beautiful. But once inside, everything is very zen. It, it's like Obi-Wan went to the, the Apple store.
0: Right. And he's it, it, as he comes in, he's greeted by a Kaminoan, and she says that, oh, you're expected. And he's like, oh, really? Okay.
1: Yeah, well. he rolls with it.
0: <laughs> yes. And he goes to see, what do they refer to this dude as? sifo No, no. He goes to see like the head Kaminoan.
1: Oh, this okay. Is, yeah, I, I I don't have it in my notes, but yeah, he, they they they, tan we, I think.
0: Okay, but they they he he explains Obi Wan that yeah we have two hundred thousand ready and a million more ready to go soon, uh, and then yes, they talk about Master Cyphodius was the one that placed this order, and Obi Wan explains well Master Cyphodius was killed ten years ago.
1: Yeah, and there's a certain there's an interesting way to kind of put together the chronology of this is. The, the clone army was was ordered right around the time that Psycho died, which was 10 years ago, which puts it right in the time frame of right around the Phantom Menace. Okay. And Obi-Wan asks, Who is this army for? And they say, Well, it's for the Republic. Mm-hmm. And then we, we go back to Naboo, and <laughs> we get the thing where Anakin is talking about his, his dislike of going to the beach. Right. He doesn't like sand. And it, in this exchange of dialogue. The thing that I thought was kind of funny is Padme actually talks about going to the beach as a child, which unless the Naboo beaches are different, there's sand at the beach.
0: Mm, You know what? It's Where this was filmed, Lake Cuomo, in Italy, northern Italy, I think all the shorelines are like smooth stone. I don't think there is stone.
1: But but Padme is, um, as is true for all female characters in star Wars is, is not wearing a bra and
0: mm-hmm. has this
1: really open backed outfit. on, and Anakin is pretty openly making a play for her. Yes, he is. And they share a look and then a kiss and she breaks it off.
0: Right. Back yeah, she's to Camino. A, she's a huge cock tease.
1: <laughs> well, just wait till she gets it. She shows up in the S and M gear in like five right. minutes.
0: <laughs> right.
1: But back on Camino, um, We're getting a little bit more information about the the clones themselves. They are modified and growth accelerated. They're independent,
0: but very obedient.
1: And we find out about the genetic donor. And the genetic donor was Django Fett. And he asked for one thing besides his compensation, which is quite a lot, apparently. And what did he ask for?
0: He asked for a clone that did not have the growth accelerant
1: and also was not modified as far as obedience either. He asked for Correct. a non-modified clone.
0: Which means that he also didn't have the order 66 chip implanted.
1: Right. And you know, this is a thing where all of this stuff really comes to play a lot in the in the Clone Wars cartoon which is done really well.
0: Which I did not see a lot of. So a lot of what's happening here with you know the relationship between Count Dooku and the Jedi's that we see later on in episode three, and even with uh General Grievous in the Clone War cartoon, it, it's you know, doesn't make as much sense to me as it would to you,
1: yeah, yeah. That, that's and they flesh it out really well, and they make you actually care about the the, the clones themselves Mm -hmm. as individuals and they do have individual names and they do have individual idiosyncrasies even being clones but they show the army as it currently stands and the army is huge it is a lot of clones
0: yeah we have one of those books that shows all the cutaways of all the the ships and the planets and the bases and stuff like that and on, on Camino, like where he lands is just one platform and there's several of those platforms in the ocean that we don't even visit right. and in the in the cutaway book that we have it shows like huge areas that has frozen tundra training jungle training vehicle training like rolling around through these big open areas on these platforms
1: right and we go back to naboo and anakin and padme are in a field Yes, with some big dumb animals, yeah, big stupid Star Wars animals, fat cows, yeah, it's yes. really bad effects with the, the 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 puffer cows, as I call yeah.
0: them. Yeah, there's there's some there's some waterfalls in the background, but this is this is kind of where we kind of see that Anakin, you know, every, every Force sensitive being has some sort of special Force trait that they can do, like Ezra Bridger. Can control animals. And we see that Anakin kind of has that force trait as well.
1: But Anakin talks about his idea of how politics should work. Mm -hmm. And this is another thing that Padme should take as a red flag to run away and get the fuck away from him. Because he basically says that somebody should be told how things should be. Right. And, but... Anakin is riding one of these cows, and he pretends to get hurt.
0: Mm-hmm. And she comes rushing up on him, and he's just like, "Ha ha, fooled you!" And then they do this silly thing where they like they're embraced and they roll in the grass like six times.
1: Yeah, see, you ever roll in the grass with with a girl, Doug?
0: No, I have not.
1: Okay, because <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> but back on Camino, Obi Wan is taken to Django, and it's not Django that actually answers the door it is who boba and he boba fett is played by a young kid and the shots they have with both the younger versions of the clones being trained and then also the older versions of the clones when they're in front of computer terminals or putting on helmets or whatever those are all put together really really well
0: It reminds me a little bit of, what was the Kurt Russell movie, Soldier? Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's that, where all the kids are kind of in in front of these computer terminals being taught how to kill.
1: And you, you know that that is actually part of the alien universe. Is it really? Soldier, yeah.
0: Okay, I did not know that. Okay.
1: But... As, was that a was that a mant lie? No, that is absolutely one hundred percent true. Because Whalen okay. y- Utani is is the company and soldier, which is the really? the company for Alien and aliens. Okay, and, yeah.
0: Okay.
1: And as Obi Wan is in once again this very very white room, we see that Jango's armor, which should be familiar to any Star Wars fan as being almost identical to Boba Fett's armor, is, is kind of the, it's. I would call it in the head or the closet.
0: It's, a, it's sitting in a closet, like the broom closet by the front door.
1: And Obi-Wan is talking to Django, and it is a tense exchange of conversation without actually being anything directed. But, you know, Obi-Wan says, do you ever make it anywhere, like, ever make it to any of the central systems, like as far as Coruscant? And, you know, that's where Django says his thing from the open about, I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the world.
0: Yeah, but he, he, he says, have, have you been to Coruscant lately? He's like, maybe.
1: And he says that he was recruited by somebody, but he was not recruited by, uh, Sipho Who was he recruited by? Oh. Uh, it's Dooku's other name. Uh,
0: Lord Tyrannus.
1: Tyranus, right. And Obi-Wan leaves, and then Django tells Boba to pack his shit. They're leaving. Mm-hmm. Back on the booth. <laughs> Padme and Anakin are talking, and once again, Anakin is is big on force tricks. He's all about like the parlor trick aspect of using the force, right? And and what is he using his force powers for?
0: To, to cut some weird Naboo pear, pear, <laughs> and and put it on a fork and feed Padme.
1: Yeah, and they're they're by a fire, and mm. she's wearing some kind of leather corset, s m gear thing, and and he's telling her how he's been obsessing over her. Right. And he's basically saying that he doesn't say the words, but his general sentiment is, hey, babe, you, you're giving me blue balls here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's some really quality acting going on here as well. And I'm thinking, this
1: is the kind of guy that has, has women in holes in his basement, Mm-hmm. There, there's, and that is a credit to the portrayal, is that he does come across as psychotic.
0: A little bit. and But she's just eating it up for some reason.
1: But at the same time she's holding back, she says it, it, it is impossible. And she's being realistic, if you will, about their situation. She's a senator, he's a Jedi, and she will not give in to this. And he says, well, we, we can keep it secret. And she says, you know, that would basically, that would destroy us. That would tear us up inside.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And Obi-Wan is back on Camino and he's getting ready to leave. And he walks out into the rain and he, what's his droid's name? R4. R4. Yeah. He, he sends a message to Yoda and Mace. It says, right. and he's told the army was not ordered by the Jedi. And Yoda for the first time, Actually, verbalizes the fact that the the Jedi do not really know what the hell is going on.
0: Yeah, he could not see this. There's other things in this film that he could, that Yoda could sense as they're going on in real time, but he could not sense this. And and the arrogance of the Jedi has diminished their ability to use the Force
1: to foresee these things. Right. Back on Naboo. Back on Naboo, Annie is having some bad, bad dreams. Right, and then he he's standing at dawn on a patio. Right, <laughs> this part
0: this part is hilarious because she comes up behind him and he's like, "Don't go, your 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 presence is soothing." And she goes, "You had a nightmare." And he says, "Jedi don't have nightmares." But then he goes on to explain <laughs> how he had a nightmare about his mother,
1: and he says that. He has to go rescue his mother, and she says that she will go with him.
0: Yeah, he's disobeying, and he doesn't have a choice. Well, you kind of do, but, I mean, if you were, you know, that's that's the arrogant part about the Jedi, is they rip these children away from their parents to use them at At, their own
1: discretion. Almost as soldiers, and you can almost draw the parallel to, in the sequel trilogy, that, you know, the the stormtrooper or first yes. order stormtroopers are they're all conscripted and they are kids that were pulled from their parents at a very young age, much like how the Jedi do.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: And back on Camino, Slave One is on a landing pad. And right. I love this sequence.
0: Yeah, this is this is like the first good thing that happens in this movie.
1: And you know, slave one is on the landing pad, and Obi wan comes running out. It's in the rain. Mm-hmm. And, and Boba, get on
0: board. <laughs> yeah, he pulls out his dual pistols, and it's pew 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 pew, and and launches the rocket. And
1: that was a it, huge thing for a lot of people, was because sure. you know Boba Fett in the original trilogy, he had this rocket backpack which never got fired. That and the jetpack because the jetpack jet was used the one time in return of the Jedi but other than that it was these were things where it's like these are things that a lot of Star Wars fans were waiting for for a long time
0: mm-hmm yes and Django uses uh, the the metal cable to wrap up obi-wan's hands after he loses his lightsaber and obi-wan you know does a force grab of the lightsaber but misses it
1: And then he kicks, uh, Django over the edge.
0: Right. But, and then realizes, oh Oh, shit. (laughs) I'm attached to Django by this cable.
1: And Obi-Wan is, yeah, he's dropped over the edge and he uses what I call a batarang. (laughs) Yes. To to get back onto the station. And he's on a different level and he walks up to the door and he uses the force to basically open this door by waving Mm -hmm. his hand. I do that at every grocery store I walk into. (laughs) I used to
0: do it when my kids were smaller. I'd be like, hey you guys want to see a magic trick? <laughs>
1: there's a there's a great Saturday Night Live thing where I think it's with Jim Belushi, where he he grabs the mat in front of the doors of you know, automatic doors, and he puts it on the bottom of his shoes. Okay. And the, the the premise is it's not that there's a sensor underneath the mat. It's the mat itself. So as he's walking around, he will, like, step in front of a woman, and her clothes will fall off and stuff like oh, that. Oh, nice.
0: That's great. I but, wish I had that power.
1: <laughs> but he gets back to the landing pad that Slave One is on, and it, it's leaving, and he throws a tracker on it. Right. And now Anakin and Padme arrive on Tatooine, so they are back at Anakin's home planet.
0: Right. And they run into Watto. And Watto's like, Oh, you're a Jedi. I didn't do it.
1: <laughs> he doesn't recognize Anakin at no, first. He does not. And then I actually, I was going to use this for the open, but I didn't. He's like, Annie? Little Annie? You're a Jedi. What do you know? Yeah. <laughs> and he actually at first wants to basically hire Anakin to get some people to pay him that owe him money. Right. And he's like, Schmidt. Oh yeah, your mom. And Watto has sold, had sold uh, his, Anakin's mom to who? To
0: a, a man named Lars, who actually ended up marrying her. And here's the thing: Qui Gon and Obi Wan and the rest of the Jedi Council knew that Anakin's mother was enslaved. Was a slave. Why would they not take care of that? knowing that somehow, sometime down the road, this is going to affect this young man.
1: You know, the, the Jedi make poor choices yes. th- throughout this trilogy, and this is not the least of them. And it is, once again, back to the whole idea of they are so sure of themselves and everything that they're doing, that they are right, that they can do no wrong. And it even goes back to something that Padme said in, the Phantom Menace, where she can't even believe that slavery still exists, and this is a queen of a planet, right? So I actually thought the first time I saw this that Anakin was going to end up killing Watto.
0: Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay, I did. I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't think he would.
1: But now we are no longer at Camino. Now we are in space, and Obi Wan is, is chasing Slave One.
0: Right, but Slave One is is approaching. Geonosis, surrounded it's surrounded by an asteroid field.
1: Right. And this is where we have a chase through the asteroid field, and this is where we get the seismic charge, which is the great sound effect. Yes,
0: yes. this is the second good thing that happens in this movie. Uh, although a couple of seismic charges are dropped. Uh, they are traveling through some larger asteroids, and Jangle blows pulls the switcheroo on Obi-Wan and gets behind him.
1: He hit the brakes, he flew right by.
0: Yes, but it, it was so kind of... As cool as the blasters of Slave One were, it was like it was like too much. Because he was like right on his tail and just lighting him up and there's explosions all around. And I'm like, how could you not hit this guy? It seemed a little too cheesy.
1: And actually obi-wan uses a a trick he parks him his ship on the back of an asteroid this is well this is
0: after um jango launches a rocket at him
1: right and, and again
0: and again the rocket is like right on his tail forever
1: yeah it's just just kind of going up down up down up down
0: right until he finally tells r4 to release the extra part canister
1: right which is basically like uh what, what is that called like a toolbox no 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 it, wh- What is it called when, like, uh, planes, they, it's not snuff. What the hell is it called? When, chaff? Uh, Chaff. Chaff. Okay. Chaff. Chaff. Okay. And, but he's parked on the back of an asteroid just like the Falcon in Mm -hmm. Empire Strikes Back. And in the trivia, it says that Lucas did this intentionally because that's how Obi, or not Obi-Wan, that's how Boba Fett knew to where to look for the, the Falcon after... The, the chase through the asteroid field in uh, the Empire Strikes Back. Okay. So But he wasn't on an asteroid,
0: he was on a Star Destroyer.
1: Yeah, but he hiding on the back and okay. know, basically being attached. Okay. So onto Geonosis. And there's a ton of I don't know what you call them other, I call them Trade Federation balls, which is like the the center unit of the donut ships. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't know this, probably, unless you happen to watch those particular episodes, but Geonosis comes up in a handful of the Clone Wars cartoons.
0: Well, they go back, and it's basically a genocide has been put upon Geonosis.
1: Right, and they are actually, the the Death Star, I believe, is actually built on Geonosis.
0: Well, I don't know, if it, was it built? I, I always thought that Mustafar... Was where they were getting making the materials for the Death Star,
1: but one of the Geonosians, like the little insect dudes, is talking. And this might—I think this was in Clone Wars, but it could have actually been in Rebels. He draws a thing in the sand, which is obviously the Death Star, and the person he's drawing it for does not know what it's supposed to be.
0: I think that that is that's that's in Clone Wars. Okay, okay,
1: yeah. And so now we're back on Tatooine and. Anakin and Padme are walking to the Lars homestead, uh, which eventually is the Skywalker homestead. Mm-hmm. And 3PO is there. He's dirty.
0: Yes. But he, he does
1: have parts now. Right. And Anakin meets uh, who will become Luke's Uncle Owen in Aunt Beru, but right now his girlfriend Beru. But
0: when he sees 3PO, he, 3PO recognizes him and he goes, Oh, thank the Maker!
1: Once again, a callback to seventy-seven. Yes. And the th- fun fact: the actress that plays the the girlfriend Baru mm-hmm. was was part of a sex cult um, that branded people that was based out in New York.
0: Mm, that's fantastic.
1: And Uncle Owen's dad, Kleeg Lars, yes. is on a hover round. Apparently, hover rounds were really big during well, this this point.
0: When you're missing a leg. <laughs>
1: But why did he? How did he lose a leg?
0: Well, Shami was taken by the Tuscan Raiders. Uh, she went out, you know, early as she normally does, and they grabbed her. And thirty went out, and only four came back. And that's when he lost his leg. And she's been gone a month.
1: So why? Why? What was she doing out in the morning that early? What was she actually getting?
0: Collecting mushrooms that grow on the moisture evaporators.
1: Right, she's big into those psychedelics.
0: Yes, I guess so.
1: Yeah, and he doesn't say it at first, but then Anakin says that he's going after his mother and Kleeg stops him and says, son, she's dead. Accept that. Right. Yes. And Anakin walks out, Padme follows him out, and there's a little bit of Luke's theme that is played here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is the thing that I, I love about all of the Star Wars movies is the individual characters have these musical motifs from John Williams and the way that he plays with some of them especially in the prequel trilogy is great because he shows how Anakin has some Luke in him, how Anakin has some Emperor in him and he he plays with both Darth Vader's theme and Luke's theme to come up with like hybrids and then original stuff that is really kind of cool.
0: Well, while he's on the speeder bike though, they they are playing parts of Duel of Fates. Right. Yes. Which is super, super cool. Uh, he, he goes and he talks to some Jawas. The Jawas tell him, you know, what's going down. Um, Actually, they but now, say Otedi. Yeah. <laughs> but now we're back on Geonosis and Obi-Wan is kind of climbing through the bowels of this Geonosian castle, or whatever, I don't even know what you want to call it. And he overhears the plan. Of Dooku talking with this council with the Trade Federation and some sort of steampunk hybrid alien robot guy. Um,
1: he, he's the head of the banking clan.
0: Yes, that's right. The bank. No, no, the banking clan. No, the the, the,
1: the banking, banking clan is the guy who goes. Wah, wah. No,
0: no, the banking clan is a guy, and I hate to say this, but kind of looks a little bit Jewish.
1: Oh, is he? Is, is that the one with like the, the the neck with the rings? Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the robots, I'm not sure what he is, but um, basically Dooku says, okay, we're going to take your droid army, and we're going to take your droid army, and we're going to combine them, and the Jedi are going to be overwhelmed.
1: And I I said this before, and I don't remember which podcast it was, and I don't know if you noticed it here, but there is a ton of vaginal imagery on Geonosis. Okay. And it is especially evident in the arena scene, but, mm-hmm. but all of like the little, little peaks along like ridges and stuff all like look like clitoral hoods. Okay. All of them do. Okay. <laughs> and we, we see that there's a droid factory that is making battle droids and the Nemovians, which is, uh, Newt Gunray and I can't remember the other guy's name. They want Padme dead. That is like. Yes. They are single-minded of focus of wanting Padme dead. Right. And uh, Dooku is there. Obi-Wan listens to the conversation, or is listening to the conversation, and then we cut back to Tatooine, and Anakin has arrived at the Tusken Raider camp.
0: Right. And he, he kind of sneaks around, takes his lightsaber, opens up a hut, and he sees his mother there. And yes, she's been there for a month but has waited an entire month to die 30 seconds after Anakin rescues her.
1: <laughs> yeah, she she's seen better days. Oh, yes, she has. She's on some kind of a torture rack, it looks like. And the way she dies, actually, I thought was kind of... Not the fact that she dies right after he gets there, but the way that she just kind of does a... And her head cocks back, like, mm-hmm. unnaturally, is... Probably pretty actually realistic. Sure. But after she goes limp, the music swells and it is just building and building and building, and Anakin is pissed. Yeah. And he he walks out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He just takes out everybody. We don't see it, but we know what goes down. But then we also see Yoda and he senses the terrible pain.
1: Yeah. And he, right before it, it, he. We see him decapitate a few and mm-hmm. then he does a slice where he's going to decapitate a couple more. And that's when it goes to Yoda. And who does Yoda hear? Uh, Qui-Gon. Yeah. He hears Qui-Gon go, no, Anakin, no. Yeah. And, and Mace walks in and Yoda, Yoda says that he knows that Anakin is pain in pain and. Obi Wan back on Geonosis is he's trying to contact the Jedi Council, but his ship is, at least his transmission part of the ship, is somewhat damaged, and he cannot get back to Coruscant, so he's trying to contact Anakin. He's trying
0: to contact him on Nab- Naboo, and he's like, he's not on Naboo! And he finds that his tracker is on Tatooine. He's like, oh, what the hell are you doing on Tatooine? I hope he's okay. But he sends the message to Anakin and hopes that Anakin will forward the message. To the council on Coruscant. But he's spotted.
1: Yeah, and R2 gets the message, and Anakin has returned with uh, Shmi's body, and it's wrapped up in, like, a carpet, like he's a mob guy that is dumping a body, Mm -hmm. and Padme brings Anakin some blue milk. (laughs) Yes! And this is, and I know you're going to disagree with me here, but... This scene here actually shows some, some decent acting. Not mm-hmm. from, not from Padme, but on Anakin's side. But he's talking about how he should be all powerful and right. he'll be the most powerful Jedi, Jedi ever. And he blames Obi-Wan. And that's when he talks about, you know, I killed them all. I killed them. I killed them all. Even the women and children. They were animals and I killed them like animals.
0: Well, that's where he says before, he says this was, it's all Obi-Wan's fault.
1: This, is, this comes from my open.
0: Right. Um, you know, where he says, Obi-Wan is holding me back. And he's, at one point in this film, he also says that Obi-Wan is jealous.
1: And for some reason, Padme is turned on by this. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and honestly, this is kind of where I'm at in um, the first season of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Where uh, Wilson Fisk, he's got the little art dealer Chippy, yes, and she is totally enabling him to be just a psychopath,
0: right? Well, let me ask you: in the Cold War cartoon, do we see these characteristics for Mannequin? Yes, at all, we do.
1: Okay, in in in, in spurts, it, it's off and on. It is. It's interesting because there's a great interplay between. Obi-Wan and Anakin about who knows what, because Anakin is hiding his relationship this whole time. Right. But Obi-Wan knows, but it's kind of like an open open secret. It's a don't ask, don't tell type thing. But, you know, Obi-Wan has his piece, too, that he's nailing on the side. So, and that's actually the sister of the Mandalorian that's played by Katie Sackhoff in The Mandalorian. Okay. So, But we, we see things where Anakin goes a little crazy at times in, in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. But th- they bury Shmi, and Anakin apologizes for not being strong enough to save her. And this comes right. back up in Revenge of the Sith, where he is talking about you know the ability to save Padme from dying because he was haunted by his nightmares of his mother and she died. He's haunted by his nightmares of Padme and he's going to be able to prevent her from dying.
0: Well, he talks about this while he's talking to Padme after she brings him the blue milk and he talks about how he's going to be the most powerful Jedi ever and he says that he's going to be able to stop people from dying. Right.
1: But after he gives his equivalent of kind of a eulogy, I guess, R2 rolls up and they ask, what are you doing here? Which seems like a really dumb question.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) But they go back in and they watch the message from Obi-Wan and they do transmit it to the Jedi council. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: and apparently, even though Tatooine is hot, it it is cold in this spaceship.
0: Yes, it is. Yes. In her sweet white spandex outfit. Yeah. Yeah. it's, It's pretty cold there, but they, they tell, they tell Anakin, stay put. Uh, and Amidala's like, or Padme is. She says, "Well, I'm going to save Obi Wan, and you're going to have to come with me." And and Anakin gives a little smirk, like, "Oh yeah, it's
1: on." Yeah, and right at the end of Obi Wan's message, we see a destroyer droid kind of marching across mm-hmm. to capture him. And I don't, I don't know if you noticed this, but they did this intentionally. Padme presses the same button multiple times to do the same thing. Oh, on, she does? On the ship's controls, yeah. Because she drives just like a woman. <laughs> <laughs> but back on Coruscant, um, they have to figure out a way to to approve emergency powers so that they can use the, the clone army.
0: Right. And Palpatine's like, what senator would be brave enough to do that? And he kind of looks at Jar Jar.
1: <laughs> well, I think he says something along the lines of, Oh, if only Senator Amidala was here, she would do it. Oh, yes. It. Yes. And back on Geonosis... Which she she wouldn't.
0: That's no, the thing. No, she
1: wouldn't at all. No. But back on Geonosis, uh, Obi-Wan is in energy binders, and he's kind of floating in the air yes. as, as Dooku's prisoner.
0: And, and Dooku is kind of bullshitting him. Kind of he's he's pulling a Darth Vader
1: move he, he's using the truth in a dishonest way
0: right he's saying that you know he tells him that the senator Senate is under control of Sidious and join me and we will destroy, destroy the Sith so is this kind of a thing with the Sith like the apprentice always wants to have the power yeah like I'm, is, I'm going to get my own guy to take out the head guy so we can be in charge, so I can be in charge.
1: Yeah, Dooku uses the memory of Qui-Gon to try to buddy-fuck Sidious mm-hmm. by having Obi-Wan join him to basically become the other Sith, you know, the power of two thing. Right. And what he tells him about the the Senate being under the control of, of the Sith is 100% true. Yes, and Obi Wan doesn't believe it, and Obi Wan rejects the offer. You know, mm. and, and he frankly is kind of pissed that he that Dooku is using the memory of Qui Gon Jinn to um, try to sway him. And back on Coruscant, this is where Jar Jar steps into his role, where he is the one who ultimately votes 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 for or calls well, for a vote.
0: We're in the Senate chamber. We're in the big Senate arena with the the floating disks. And, yeah, he proposes that we give – that the Senate votes to give Palpatine –
1: Emergency powers. Emergency
0: powers. And Palpatine says, with great reluctance, I accept this. And when this is all done, I will lay down my
1: power. Yeah, he says he loves – Bullshit! Bullshit! He said he loves democracy. And he gets applauded as he and he creates the Grand Army of the Republic,
0: right? And while this is all going on, Mace Windu and Yoda are kind of talking in the. It's like kind of like the like in, in like it like when you go to see a basketball game. Is the, in the
1: wings, like the annex.
0: The, well, not the annex, but like the, the corridor that takes you to where you can yeah. go get popcorn and, and sweatshirts and stuff. Oh, yeah. It,
1: kind of like – or if, if you're at a comedy club, you're you're waiting in the wings. It's like yeah. the, the little thing that's just off the stage that has like the clear path to the stage. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they're
0: talking and Mace Windu says, I'm going to take the Jedi, the remaining Jedi that we have to Geonosis. And Yoda says – you do that, I'm going to Geonosis, or I'm going to Camino.
1: Right, and when I remember when I saw this film, and then up until the point where Revenge of the Sith got released, there was a thought in the back of my head that potentially Mace was going to have a heel turn in Revenge of the Sith, and it was going to turn out that he actually was somehow in on the plan.
0: Oh, okay, I never thought that.
1: And I I thought it would have been brilliant. It it worked out not having it be that way, but I just thought it would have been a brilliant way to actually do it. Sure. And Anakin, back on Geonosis, Anakin and Padme have arrived, and Padme thinks that she will be able to get out of this politically. She will be able to talk this through to a resolution. Mm -hmm. And we have one of the first ever, at least from a chronological point of view, interaction between... C-3PO and R2-D2 and 3PO is being a dick and R2 is having none of it. Right. And this is where the video game level part of the movie yes. starts.
0: Yes. And it does. It's, 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 that's in my notes. Well, first they land in this giant steam vent. Well, if that's a steam vent and steam is coming from this, like, big crater in the ground and they land in there and they come out of the ship, they're going to get their asses burned.
1: Oh, yeah. And this was actually this part, not the landing there, but the whole droid factory part was another late addition to the film because they didn't think there was enough action leading up to the arena sequence. Okay. And Anakin and Padme are walking, and this reminded me of aliens in the walls kind of come oh, alive and they come move. out.
0: move. Yes, with the bugs.
1: And then we get to the the chompers part of the movie. Mm,
0: the video game where you got to... Time it just right so you don't get chomped.
1: No, I, I was thinking, it, 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 it reminded me a lot of, uh, oh, God. Galaxy Quest. Thank you, Galaxy Quest. And R2 knocks 3PO off a, off the ledge onto a conveyor belt. Well, no, first he's on this
0: flying thing. Is it C-3PO kind of like on this platform where he's
1: hanging on for dear life? No, that that is after he gets knocked, knocked off okay. the ledge by R2, and then that's when R2 uses his rockets for the first right. time. Right, right. A lot of people hated this.
0: Yeah, I was not a fan.
1: But this was actually in the action figure for R2 for the Phantom Menace. Okay. And uh, we're we're kind of cross-cutting between R2 and 3PO and Padme and Anakin, but Padme gets pushed into this large pot, I'd
0: call it. A smelting pot.
1: Right. And 3PO is actually, like you said, hanging on for dear life, and there's this large robot, I guess I'd call it, flying, and he's trying to shake 3PO off. Okay. And then 3PO gets dropped, and he gets decapitated. Right. And wanders into a battle droid line.
0: Right. The heads the heads are switched.
1: Yeah, the battle droid head on body, and the head on 3PO's body from, from a battle droid. I did not like that part.
0: No, I wasn't a fan. And, Padme is saved. Um, Anakin stops the... the the smelting lava
1: R2 stops right?
0: it. Oh, it's R2 that stops it, yes. But Anakin loses his lightsaber because his like his hand goes down in the conveyor belt and this big plate goes on top of it, it, it so and
1: around it yes. and, and his hand's yeah. stuck for a minute and then he comes up and like one of the choppers chops his lightsaber in half. Right. And Padme is captured and then destroyers and Django kind of flies in and they capture Anakin.
0: Yeah, why was Django there?
1: Uh, I, I think he he knew that Obi-Wan was onto him, so he wanted to go to a place where he was with people that he trusted, I guess, and that would be <laughs> Dooku. But no,
0: wh- but I understand why he was on Geonosis, but why was he there uh, in the assembly line to capture Anakin and Padme?
1: Because they knew that they had intruders and who better to send than a bounty hunter? I don't yes. know.
0: Yeah, okay. All right.
1: But now we get to the arena scene.
0: Right. But before, while we're waiting in like the bowels of the arena, this is when Anakin and Padme profess their love to Padme. each
1: other. There's no, there's no A. It's Padme. It's not Padme. It's Padme. Pad,
0: I'm thinking of Amidala. Yeah. Pad, Padme. Right.
1: Yeah, they have a tender moment with some awful dialogue. Yes. <laughs> and there are... A couple points in the, the prequel trilogy that I just cringe at how bad they are. Mm-hmm. This probably 10-second sequence is definitely one of them.
0: Oh, there's another one coming up in just a few minutes.
1: But, uh, yeah, she declares her love for him, which means, you know, mass murderers get her hot. Uh-huh. She's an enabler. <laughs> and so, in a way, the whole Vader thing, completely her fault. Right. Right. And they kiss and they are taken out into the arena. And Obi-Wan is already chained to one of... I think there's four pillars, but there's three pillars that will be occupied.
0: All right. But yeah, Anakin says, we transmitted your your message. Uh, then we came to rescue you. And
1: Obi-Wan goes, good job. <laughs> there is some, some comedy attempts here. Right. And Padme takes a lockpick out of her crotch, I guess.
0: Or a hairpin or something. But why would she have a...
1: I don't even want to know why she has a hairpin there. <laughs> right. And she puts it in her mouth. And then once we see Dooku and the Genosans and the people from the Trade Federation, they're all up on this like little platform. Once again, if you look at this scene where they're standing right below them on the edge, it's vagina, vagina, uh, vagina, yeah. vagina.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You pointed that out in a, in a podcast a while back. So, and, but yeah, now, now we've got three. Animals that are going to eat our, our, our three heroes, a, a, like a rhino-type animal, which... That's not a mud horn, correct?
1: No. It is... Um, there, there's a Reek, an Ackley, and a Nexu are the three different animals.
0: Okay. And who says I got a bad feeling about this?
1: I believe it is Obi-Wan. Okay. And uh, Padme has picked her handcuffs with her... Cubic lockpick, and Obi Wan gets free because the reek. I think it's no, it's not the reek. It is the the nexu, it's, which is the crab, has stabbed. It's like it's,
0: it's like a crab slash praying mantis slash grasshopper.
1: But it it stabs at his pillar and it yes. basically breaks his chains.
0: Correct. They all have their individual battles with each one of these, and the cat the cat which is the reek.
1: No, that's the nexu.
0: The next who swipes at Padme, Padme. and Padme, sorry, Chimney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, uh,
1: that's hot, can, though. And, that, and that... Can,
0: but, but conveniently swipes off part of her back. That's not how That's not how it would look if it swiped at her.
1: No, not unless she had, like, breakaway, like, warm-up clothing.
0: Right. She's got some killer abs in this movie.
1: And But it scratches her back, and... Anakin, so it, there's, each one has kind of like a thing going after it. Padme has the Nexu, Anakin mm-hmm. has the Reek, and I'm sorry, I, I got that wrong. Anakin has the Reek, Padme has the Ackley, and, um, Obi-Wan has the Nexu, which is the, okay. the little crab thing.
0: Okay. And so yeah, the, Anakin like, is,
1: it? is calming the, the Reek which right. you, you mentioned before about um, Bridger, Ez- Ezra Bridger, about how he had mm-hmm. the ability to basically work with animals or speak to animals right. or force communicate with animals. Correct. And Obi-Wan is, is fighting the crab with a spear, and Padme does her other handcuff, and then she jumps onto the back of the reek with well, Anakin. First,
0: first of all, she swings down with, the, with her chain and kind of does a kick kicks the 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 big cat thing. Yeah. But yes, then she jumps on the back of the what, what's it the reek, called? The reek. It's it's three-horned. It's like a 3 horn. it's like a rhinoceros but with three horns. And as she lands on lands on the back and grabs reaches around Anakin and grabs onto him, she reaches around and gives him a kiss. Yeah. It,
1: it, that a little little cringy. But uh, the the whole kick thing that reminded yeah. me of uh, the Lost World, the second Jurassic Park movie. Oh yeah, with the, the gymnastic the gymnastic chick where she kicks the um, Velociraptor. Yeah,
0: right, right. But yeah, but that the 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 come in to, to move in on the three uh our, our three heroes all but all the time. Newt Gunray is like killer, killer, killer. And Count Dooku is like shut the fuck up. Don't worry. We'll take care of it. But then here comes Mace Windu, and he lights up his purple lightsaber. And this is the first time we see a purple lightsaber. And he's and what does he say, Matt?
1: This party's over.
0: This party's over, motherfucker.
1: <laughs> well, you know that on his uh, lightsaber hilt, it had bad motherfucker engraved into it.
0: Does it? Yeah. Okay, so do you know why he's got a purple lightsaber? Because he asked for one.
1: Well. Well, because he was... Um, from the um, M. Night Shyamalan movies. He, he has this thing with the color purple. He was Mr. Glass.
0: Okay, but why? In Star Wars lore, why does he have a purple lightsaber?
1: The official reason? Because I know he asked for it, it but, but I, official, I don't know the official reason, no.
0: Okay, so apparently, you know, when you get a... Um,
1: kyber crystal?
0: Di- yeah, it's not dilithium.
1: Ky- kyber. Kyber crystal.
0: Kyber. When you get a kyber crystal, you, you are building your lightsaber hilt. The, the kyber crystal through the force will give you a color based on, you know, who you are. If you're a Sith, you're going to get red. If you're, you know, work with the light side, green or or blue are tri- the traditional colors. Yellow and white, it, it, that's a different thing. But with purple, you are able to balance out the dark and the light side of the force. Okay. So that's, that's where you get the purple lightsaber. So Mace Windu. That's why he's got a purple lightsaber.
1: But the Jedi have arrived in mass, mm-hmm. and Dooku says, You're impossibly outnumbered. And here we get the introduction of the super battle droids.
0: Right. Yeah. They were not in Phantom Menace.
1: And they're pretty cool. I, yes. I love the fact that they have, like, the almost like a Spider Man or a wrist rocket type thing with their firing mechanism. It's not a separate gun, it's just built right. into them. Yes. And there's this massive army of the trade federation comes out and we see all of the Jedi that are lighting up their lightsabers. And this is where actually in sync filmed scenes for this film and they were cut, but they were supposed to be Jedi fighting in this arena.
0: Oh, no kidding. I didn't know that.
1: And so this giant fight starts, starts and a couple of Jedi come up and they throw Obi-Wan and Anakin some burner lightsabers. Right.
0: Some extra ones that they had lying around
1: and we we get treated, if you call it that, uh, a couple things with the three PO battle droid, and I really really don't like this stuff. Ah, uh, it's so stupid. It's very cringy, and uh, Boba Fett is is watching the fight. And we forgot to mention as the fight broke out, Django Fett actually lit up his flamethrower on his wrist, and Mace Windu kind of like jumped off of the Vagina Tower. Yes, a- and he whipped off his uh, cloak. And mm-hmm. landed on the the floor of the arena, or the, the you know the bottom of the arena, and one of the one random Jedi guy gets up into like their tower and goes after Dooku, and he doesn't even do anything, and he's just dispatched by Django,
0: right? Just get shot several times,
1: and Django does a little you know old fashioned you know Western spinning mm-hmm. his gun and putting it in his holster thing, which I didn't really care for.
0: No, I didn't either. Again, it's it's like the whole Chewbacca uh, Yeah, yeah. Keep yeah. that <laughs> stuff out of Star Wars. It's Star Wars, man. It's not you know Americana twentieth century.
1: But the Reek is is running over Obi Wan and chasing Mace down and he falls and he drops his lightsaber and Django Fett flies down to the the base of the arena. And then the reek runs over Django, which causes his backpack, his, uh, rockets to malfunction.
0: Malfunction, yes.
1: And Mace charges Django and cuts off his head. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. Kind of an unceremonious end, just like Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi.
1: And for, for the first time when this happened, Dooku actually seems to be a little concerned. It's yes. like, oh shit, th- this might be getting out of hand. <laughs> right. And. Right. Uh, you know, Jango is dead, and Anakin and Padme they take a spill. Obi Wan kills the crab. R two D two rolls over and retrieves R two R three PO's head from a and battle droid.
0: And what does C three PO say as he's as his head is being dragged across <sighs> the sand? What, what a, a drag! drag.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the Jedi are in retreat, and they're all kind of like. They're surrounded. They're, they're coming into like a circle and a super battle droid just punches a regular battle droid out of the way. Yes. So he can fire. And I thought that was really pretty cool. And all of the battle droids, including destroyers, regular battle droids, super battle droids, have enclosed the Jedi and are closing in when Dooku calls off the attack from what I call his vagina box.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Dooku gives them an offer. What offer does he give to them? Surrender. Right. And the Jedi refuse... And just as... He's, and
0: Duku Duke, Duke says brave, but foolish.
1: And just friend, as the the droid army is basically powering back up to fire, the drop ships with all of the clones from Kamino show up. Yes. And these ships are fucking awesome.
0: Yes, I like them. I really want a Lego one. Um, I could get one on AliExpress for like 60 bucks. And they're full size, whereas like if you buy like the regular Millennium Falcon or anything or Slave One, it's going to be not the scale. These mm-hmm. drop ships are to scale, and they are really really cool.
1: Yeah, and just everything with the the sliding doors, and they have the. It reminded me of like the old U.S. bombers where they have the guys in the little balls,
0: the ball turrets. Yes, yeah. on either way, on either on either way, yeah.
1: and they are just cutting through the the droids, and they they land, and all the Jedi get on the ships, the remaining Jedi, because a lot of Jedi have died here.
0: A lot. I would say two-thirds of the Jedi that originally were there.
1: Right. And Do- Do- Dooku leaves, and Boba Fett walks down, and he's holding, well, I guess the head.
0: <laughs> well, oh. he's holding the helmet. I was kind of surprised that the head didn't fall off. <laughs>
1: But the, the ships are, are landing for a ground battle, and Mace is commanding a battalion, Yoda is going to the forward command center, and Yoda actually struggles to get off of the ship mm-hmm. physically, which is kind of funny based on what happens in just a minute. But there's, right. there's so many different ships and vehicles on both sides, whether it be the Trade Federation or the Republic. And they're all unique, and they're all yeah, really cool.
0: But the practicality of some of these machines just doesn't make sense. Like the slow-moving walkers. And we see that you know in Empire Strikes Back. Just impractical. Impractical machines, but they are cool-looking.
1: Yeah, but I love the fact that they have the, um, the little transport things that they're flying in. They're actually modular, where they can actually carry those, I think they're AT oh, yeah. RTs. And this part before, every other time i watched it, really bothered me because it's just, it's all CG and it's almost overload with how mm-hmm. much it is. But there's certain things like, if you look at the way left to right, right to left, the, the Trade Federation is always going left to right. The mm-hmm. Republic is always going right to left. The Republic ships, when they fire a missile, it has a white contrail. When the Trade Federation fires a missile, it has a black or a purple contrail. So there's little visual clues that are in there to kind of let you know which side is which.
0: Right. Film school 101, man.
1: But the Geonosians are going into retreat and Mm -hmm. Dooku takes the design of the Death Star from like the head dude. And so there have been... How many total um, Star Wars movies have there been? Eleven. Of those, how many had the Death Star in it in some way?
0: I didn't know math was going to be part of this. Six. three,
1: four, five, six. Eight. Eight. What did I miss? The only ones that don't are um Phantom Menace, okay. Solo, okay. and I'm sorry, I was wrong. Phantom Menace, Solo, Last Jedi, and um
0: Force Awakens. And no. no
1: Empire Strikes Back. Force no, Awakens, Force, Force Awakens, they is, they show that, the Death Star.
0: Oh they do show the Death Star, that's right. Yes.
1: So it's amazing how prevalent it is across all of the films. Sure. So, um, but the bad guys are leaving, and Dooku gets on his uh, space gold wing, mm-hmm. and he has escorts, and the the ground battle is going on, and it's just chaotic.
0: Right. Yoda is saying, you know, make sure that the the nearest giant ball that's going to a donut take that guy out. <laughs> and when they and when that when they take that thing out and it lands it creates this huge dust storm
1: which Lots is actually the, pretty pretty cool
0: right because now you just see all of these clones coming from the right and all these battle droids and all these other vehicles coming from the left all enveloped in this dust and it's just just chaos lasers going everywhere
1: but Anakin Obi-Wan and Padme are following Dooku and Padme says they should get help, and Anakin or Anakin, not Obi Wan, says there's no time.
0: Right. No. So I gotta ask. Dooku launches from a hangar where other ships are leaving. Why isn't his ship there? Why is his hangar on the you know twenty miles away? Plot. Yeah. Of course it is. Of course it is. But it's it's a it's a bad plot point.
1: Right. But uh, the the ship that all of them are, are in hits a sand dune, mm-hmm. and Padme and one clone trooper fall out.
0: Right, and Anakin is—he's like, "We got to stop the ship. We have to go get her." And Obi Wan explains, "No, we have the mission. The mission is more important. What would Padme do?"
1: Yeah, and that—that's the whole thing—is that he, he uses Padme's commitment to duty against Anakin.
0: Right, but in the meantime. Again, Yoda senses trouble.
1: Yeah, and the droid army is in full retreat, and Yoda calls for an Uber.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And Obi-Wan and Anakin, they get to the hangar where um, Dooku is, and right after their ship leaves, where they kind of jump off, it gets blown up. Mm -hmm. And it's Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Dooku in this hangar, and Anakin goes after Dooku. And he's force lightning like a little bitch.
0: Right. Even after Obi-Wan's like, hold on, wait a second. We'll take them together. Yeah, but no, Anakin goes in and he gets force lightning. Um, Obi-Wan gets wounded quite quickly.
1: But before that, Dooku shoots force lightning at Obi-Wan. And unlike Uh, Anakin, he's actually able to do something with it. And he uses his lightsaber to basically absorb the force lightning. Yes. And then... Obi-Wan and Dooku are fighting and Dooku is taunting him as they're fighting. It reminded me a little bit of not so much in words, but in actions it was words here, but it was actions in the empire strikes back of how Darth Vader is with Luke on cloud city where he's only fighting with one hand. Right. And Anakin is just kind of on the sidelines writhing in pain,
0: smoking. (laughs) Basically he's, he's smoke is coming up from him. Um, but yeah, now Obi Wan gets wounded, Yeah. and Anakin, you know, regains his faculties, and Obi Wan gives him his lightsaber. So well, now he's got. Two well, what
1: happened was Anakin jumps because Dooku was about to kill Obi Wan because yes. Dooku had like hit both uh, Obi Wan's arm and leg, and he was okay. just on the ground and he was going down for the death blow,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is a Seinfeld movie. Um, but. Anakin kind of does this weird jump-out thing, and he he saves Obi-Wan. Yes. And then, yeah, Obi-Wan throws Anakin a lightsaber, and he's fighting with two, but only for, like, ten seconds.
0: Right, because he loses one, and then it's this real close-up shot. Close, 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 close. Of the two of them, basically, you know, because Christopher Lee is old.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, Dooku slices off Anakin's arm and Force pushes him away. Mm-hmm. And then, who walks in?
0: Master Yoda.
1: And he's hobbling with his king.
0: <laughs> right. But then there's this Force-pissing match between the two of them. I'm going to show you how powerful I'm with the Force. No, I'm going to show you how powerful I am. And finally, Dooku's like, we're gonna just going to have to settle this with lightsabers. Right.
1: And... I, the thing I loved about it was the the first time Dooku kind of shoots Force lightning at Yoda, he deflects it. But the second time, he just kind of like absorbs it into a little right. ball and kind of like just tucks it in his pocket. <laughs> right. And I, so the the first part of this I really love because it is such a small thing. It, it's such a small detail, but it's cool. Is when Yoda goes to fight. He does not grab his lightsaber. He opens his tunic and he just force pulls it like a foot from, from left to right. Yes. And then the whole pinball Yoda thing happens. And that I did not like as much.
0: I did. I thought it was pretty cool.
1: And Dooku realizes that he's not going to be able to beat Yoda here. So he's going to actually cheat, if you will, and he's going to drop a huge pipe to crush Obi-Wan and Anakin. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, based on things that Yoda has said over the course of the series, not to this point, but later, if if Yoda was holding true to what he believes in, he would have let Anakin and Obi-Wan be crushed so he could kill Dooku.
0: Yeah, because he says that in uh, Empire Strikes Back, he says, you know, if they... if. it if it's what they believe in, then yes, their sacrifice is worth it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, while Yoda is saving them, it gives Dooku the chance to escape. And Padme shows up just as Dooku is jetting off.
0: And she does the whole thing where she's shooting the blaster just like Leia is shooting at Slave 1
1: leaving Cloud City. Exactly. And Dooku has what I would call a solar sailor. Mm-hmm. And once again... Th- this is a cool design. It is where he gets out there and it de- de- deploys this giant sail, and then we go back to Coruscant and Dooku is landing and he, and he is greeted by well, I have in my notes Palpy, but it's actually Sidious.
0: Sidious, and he explains. He says, "Good news, war has begun.
1: Everything is going as planned." Yes, and then Obi Wan. Is talking to Mason Yoda, and he tells them about Sidious, and th- the answer is there. It's right there. They know everything they need to know, but they are too proud. They are they're too sure of themselves to see what is right in front of them.
0: But Obi Wan says it's a good thing that we had the clone warm clone army; otherwise, we wouldn't have had victory. And Yoda's like victory, victory. It's almost like Jim Moore or. Uh, Yeah, Jim Mora going, playoffs? Playoffs?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that's the clip I pulled from the beginning. It's like, begun the Clone Wars have. Right. And there is a shot with the army of the Republic loading up, and that shot is awesome. And it's got Mm -hmm. uh, Bail Organa and Palpatine and Palpatine's little bitch guy. But it shows the volume of what is going on. And the Emperor's theme is used here.
0: The Empire theme.
1: Yeah. And then back on Naboo.
0: The first love theme written for the Star Wars series.
1: And Anakin and Padme are getting married. And he has a mechanical arm. You think he fingers her with that?
0: I think he uses his good hand.
1: Okay. And. This final shot is a mirror to the final shot of The Empire Strikes Back with Luke and Leia and the droids on the medical frigate as the Millennium Falcon leaves with uh, Lando wearing Han's clothes and Chewbacca to go rescue Han on Tatooine. And we have a pinhole wipe to the credits. So... This was my second least favorite film of all the Star Wars films going in. Okay. It still is. Okay. But I like this more than I thought I would.
0: It wasn't bad at Star Wars. It's like pizza. It's Even when it's bad, it's still pretty
1: good. The Last Jedi is fucking terrible. Okay,
0: okay. Well, you know what? We, <laughs> when we get to that in, what, November?
1: Yeah, and I'm guessing that's probably mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> Really, buddy, fuck me in this situation. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. So,
1: but um, you know, it is. Oh, b- by the way, Star Wars news. I don't know if you saw this. Um, The Bad Batch, May Fourth, May Fourth, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that dropped. But anything else to say about Star Wars in general or Attack of the Clones?
0: No, I mean it's it's you know what it has its moments. I remember when I when this came out. And it was my friend Chad got married, and some of his friends came over to our house. And this was like a couple of days after it came out. And my roommate put the disc in. And I remember telling them, oh yeah, Behind Empire Strikes Back, this is my second favorite Star Wars movie. And I don't, I don't know if it was because I had seen so many things in Star Wars that I had never seen before. Clones and Yoda you know, doing a Star Wars battle and tons of Jedi, and it was just all new and and it was sensory overload. It's it is my least favorite Star Wars movie.
1: Really? Okay, but
0: yeah. it's you know what? It's still it's Star it's still Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, it's still a Star Wars movie. No, and
1: you know, I it is. We obviously both have, are are passionate about Star Wars in general, and if we weren't, we wouldn't be doing this. We. Be right. talking about uh, uh, Cobra Kai, like we were going to. You know, we would be doing something like that. Yes. And this is a movie that came out in 2002. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is, if if you look at it, so it's 99, 2002, 2005, 2005, 2021. That is 16 years. Yeah. 83. 1999, 19 years.
0: Uh huh.
1: Or, I'm sorry, 16 years. Right. So, we are basically exactly the same distance away from the last of the prequel trilogy as we were when the prequel trilogy came out of being how far we were away from Return of the Jedi. That Mm -hmm. seems hard to believe to me.
0: Right. Right. But there's, I mean, there's a certain. (sighs) Ah. The original trilogy is true Star Wars. It's those are the only three movies that it's like those are one hundred percent Star Wars. Where all the other movies are, are like a, I don't want to say a perverted version of Star Wars, but it's though that the original trilogy is pure Star Wars for me. I still like the, all the Star Wars movies, but it's not pure Star Wars as the original trilogy is.
1: No, no, and, and, and I see where you're coming from on that, and this is, you know, trust me, something where you, you, I have to be forced to watch Star Wars. Oh no, that's terrible, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is. There are far worse things that you force me to do over time, like the watch, watch the outsiders. But <laughs> you know, I this as I said, this is my second least favorite of all of the Star Wars films, mm-hmm. and. I liked it a lot more than I did. Or than I than I expected to going back and watching it. And it'll be interesting to see with watching these all with a little bit more of a critical eye as we're going through this series. Sure. If, if that opinion is gonna change. I don't take it well with, with the last Jedi, and I have I've given Rise of Skywalker and Last Jedi a lot of opportunities just because I have them and I've watched them and it's I want to like this because I, you know, Star Wars is, is so tied into, you know, my childhood. And I look at it as you don't have the same kind of, uh, thing that I have where with, with my dad, I watched A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. And then with my kids, I watched Force Awakens and, Solo and Rogue One and all the, all the Disney Star Wars Mm -hmm. films. And, you know, there's these middle ones, which are just like Matt on his own. Right. But, you know, I, it is so tied to so much of what I loved about growing up and, I just love the ability to talk about it, even if it's not my favorite thing. It's still a great opportunity for me to be able to talk about something that I'm passionate about.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, man, I love Star Wars. It's, you know, my basement is a big reflection of, of my love of Star Wars. So, I mean, we'll see where Disney takes it. They've, They've made some poor decisions, and I'm hoping that the person who has made some of these poor decisions gets shown the door very, very soon.
1: Um, give it all to Dave Filoni.
0: Yeah, just yeah. Let Favreau and Filoni just give it to that man. They they've done so many good things with Star Wars.
1: So, we we are done for February. At the end of next month, we will be going to the the end of. The prequel trilogy, which is a, a day before a very watershed day in your life, mm-hmm. two and, days, two days, okay, yes. And you know, as, as we walk through these, I'm looking forward to. I'm actually looking forward to how the how we approach the original trilogy because that that's so hard. It'll be hard to 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 talk about because it is something that's been around for so long and it's so revered by us with mm-hmm. you know are we going to be able to say well this was a little clunky or or whatever oh, of course
0: of course there's a ton of things that are clunky with the original trilogy but that's what makes it so grand and so you know true to your heart is that it doesn't matter because it's star wars
1: so the last thing and then we'll we'll call it quits is and this is two movies out but are we doing original releases or are we doing special editions?
0: Uh, I would say special editions because most people don't, don't have, have access. Don't have access to the um, the original releases.
1: Okay, sounds good. So I want to thank everybody for um, downloading this podcast. Hopefully, you will realize that Matt is much smarter when it comes to Star Wars stuff than Doug. Uh-huh. But. Um, <laughs> We will I think
0: we're I think we are equal when it comes to Star Wars knowledge.
1: We will be back next month. Yeah. For, okay.
0: Okay. For, for, that's, an, that's an argument at another time. Yeah.
1: For Revenge of the Sith and and in the meantime, uh may the force be with you.
0: May the force be with you. And also with you. And yeah, you fucked it up. But okay, No, I, you fucked it I, up.
1: No, you fucked it up. I'm the
0: one that usually says may the force be with yeah, this
1: you. This is this is my movie.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Would you like to try again?
1: Okay, may the force be with you.
0: Peace be with you. (laughs) See ya. Adios!